Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Hola mi gente! Welcome back to another episode of Creepy Chisme. Hello everyone. <laughs> Man, today really feels like summer. It is super hot. It's 9 o'clock at night and I am melting in my recording room. There's no AC. <laughs> and it's so hot. But I guess it's summertime, huh? We've made it. I can't believe June is over. Like, what the hell happened? Usually June feels for, like forever, but man, it's gone. It's gone. So, July's here. July is here. We've made it to July. I can't believe that. <laughs> and in less than a month, we will have a new baby in the family, and I cannot wait. But anyway, I've got a good episode today. I always say that, right? I've got a good one. They're all good because I chose them. <laughs> but no, this is a really good story. I do want to trigger warn. Um, this this story is not for the faint of heart. I actually had to pause while writing out the outline and information because, yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> So just a trigger warning, um, I'll try to remember to remind you right before I get into the details, but it's pretty messed up. I want to give a huge thank you to those of you who share my podcast, um, whether that be on social media or through word of mouth. Um, some of you have even said like, oh, I shared it with my family or whatever. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> so gracias. That means a lot to me. Nothing huge going on right now. Just doing my thing. Living. Just doing my thing. Enjoying the summer. I told myself I was going to get back in the gym this week. But we all know how that goes, right? <laughs> I haven't been sleeping good. And I'm not sure what it is. Um, those of you who are into like um, astrology and like zodiac and the planets and all that stuff... It intrigues me so much, and I'm telling you, that works. Like, you know, I don't even, what is it called? Like, when you're like, oh, you're born this year, between this month and this month, and, like, they, to a T, tell you your personality, and it's true. It's definitely true. I believe in all that stuff, but it's just too much for my brain to, to take in, so I've never really gotten into it. But when people are like, Oh, there's a full moon today, so watch out because something bad's going to happen, but then good good luck is coming. Like, I, that really happens. So I'm wondering right now if we're going through some type of, what are they called? Like, retrograde movement. And I'm just, I'm feeling so a little down. I'm not sure what it is, but hopefully that will change soon. So this story that I have for you today is actually a little bit long. So I want to get right into it. So by the title of the episode, uh, Metal Music and Murder, we know we're going to talk a little bit about metal music. So let's get right into it. So for many years, the metal music scene has been judged for being cult-like and 
satanic or devil worshippers, right? So due to their music lyrics and performance wardrobes, people judge them a lot. Now their fans are known to usually, stereotypically, is that a word? <laughs> their fans usually, they wear all black and mostly are the outcast kids at school, right? There are so many stereotypes that follow the rock and metal scene, and some bands have even been sued by persons for many murders and suicides, claiming that they were at fault or encouraged the acts. So I went and did some research on some bands who have been accused of being or promoting Satanism. Before I get started, I tried to keep it very... How can I say this? Well, I guess I should tell you, I grew up listening to metal bands and metal music uh, for a long time, especially in high school. I was really into it. So I'm trying to see from both sides, like, why people feel this way about these bands, but then also, like, because I was a fan and because I was into it and I know what kind of person I am, I also am like, this is bullshit, you know? But... Before we get into talking about the band, let's talk about Satanism. Now, what is Satanism and why are people afraid of it? So growing up in a Catholic family who teaches fear of the devil and the dark in general, strayed me into believing it was all pure evil, which I think is the case for many religious born people. Now society has taught us that the devil is bad and so are any who represent him in any way. So a while back, I watched a documentary um, on Hulu called Hail Satan. Well, it's it's actually a question. It's like, Hail Satan? <laughs> it opened my eyes, though, and made me understand what the majority of Satanists wish to express. Now, in every religion, there are good and evil followers. What I learned watching this documentary is that these Satanists are regular people who look as normal as we do, but their main goal is to be part of a movement to mock religion. Religion in this country rules our government. One nation under God. We have the words, in God we trust, on our dollars. It's everywhere. And for years, many years, we have been taught that this is okay. So these Satanists only wish to provoke those religious people who preach their religion. They fight for equality in a nation built on one religion when we are a country of different races nationalities there are many religions in this country why are we only using one christian <laughs> to rule our country it shouldn't be that way but of course there are those who do follow the stereotypes that satanism is evil you know like drinking blood sacrificing animals sacrificing humans etc etc Hmm, sounds like the same stuff some of our powerful leaders of the world are accused of. <laughs> but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> so yeah, my main point is that Satanism was created to pretty much laugh and mock Christianity and piss them off. And they do just that. <laughs> I highly recommend the documentary though, if you have not seen it. If we don't open our minds to better understand humans and all our beliefs, then we end up making the world a harder place to live. Now, watching that documentary, did it make me want to go join the satanic church? No, not at all. Just like with Christianity or Catholicism, I don't agree with the majority of their beliefs and structure. 
I'm not a fan of any religion that preaches to those that don't follow. I'm not a fan of like anyone telling me what to do. Like I know the difference between good, bad. That's all I need to survive in the world. Don't need anyone to tell me you must do this, you must believe in this, you must, no. I can make my own decisions. So back to what I was saying about bands who have been accused of promoting satanic symbolism. Let's talk about some of these. I just realized like it's nine o'clock at night, like four days before 4th of July. It's gonna be so hard to record <laughs> because there's, I'm pausing like every 10 minutes, there's a bunch of fireworks. Bear with me y'all. So first we have the all powerful legend of rock and roll, Sir Ozzy Osbourne who is part of the well-known band Black Sabbath. He is most known as the Prince of Darkness, and during a 2018 interview with the Baltimore Sun, he was asked what he tells people who think Black Sabbath were satanic. This was his response, quote, Well, I never talk religion. I don't understand organized religion. But I strive to be good, although it feels good to be bad sometimes. I'm not bad like evil bad. I'm bad in that I'm a naughty boy. I'm not a guy that worships the fucking devil. When Black Sabbath started, we got invited to a fucking graveyard at midnight. We told them our dark image is a joke, end quote. What people don't know is that a majority of the members of Black Sabbath are Christians and songs such as After Forever on Master of Reality shows those beliefs. And yes, Ozzy was a bad boy. He was heavily into drugs and not faithful to his marriage. But I don't think that makes him an evil person. In the early 2000s, MTV aired a show called The Osbournes, based on Ozzy and his family and their reality. I was really surprised to see that their home was pretty normal, decorated with crucifixes everywhere. So no, Black Sabbath was not satanic but only wanted to cause a stir in what you would call normal society. I think they succeeded in that. The next band I want to talk about is the band Pantera. Although they didn't really use satanic symbolism, there was a video that surfaced of Dimebag Daryl, one of their members, being verbally attacked by Christians, pretty much trying to pray over him. They even called him, quote, Satan's servant, end quote. A pastor by the name of Steven Anderson said that Pantera was a satanic band in a 2014 video, along with others such as Black Sabbath. One of my favorite bands, Slipknot, has also been accused of making satanic references in their lyrics. Their performance attire also is something out of one's nightmare. They wear jumpsuits and wear scary masks, but that doesn't make them satanic. Lead singer Corey Taylor describes himself as an atheist which he talks about in his 2013 book, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven. So many bands and artists fall under this category. There's Judas Priest, Lamb of God, Marilyn Manson, who is an asshole, but more of an artist than a Satanist. All these bands have one thing in common. They only want to provoke and take a stand that it's okay to go against religion. They do not hail to Satan, they don't sacrifice animals or drink blood. It's all an act. To be honest, I wanted to look up the story of the Ozzy Osbourne bat incident. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, there was an incident where Ozzy Osbourne on stage during a live performance bit the head off of a bat. Now the story of him biting the head off of a bat was huge. 
I remember it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. And man, those Christians came for him saying it was a satanic ritual that he did. So the story is actually pretty funny, believe it or not. So he said a friend of his had found a bat. It was practically dead. And he put it in a Ziploc bag and he said, you should use this during the show. So during the show, the guy threw the, the bat from the Ziploc bag onto the stage. And Ozzy said he grabbed it. It was dead, so he bit the head off. No satanic ritual. <laughs> and the bat was already dead. So there you go. That's what he claims. <laughs> now, one band that actually does use satanic imagery and also makes references to Satanism in their lyrics is the band Slayer. However, again, it's all an act. No one in this band is a Satanist. And Tom Araya from the band has even said he believes in an all-loving God. For decades, these bands have been looked down upon mostly by religious groups and parents of angsty teens. So why not continue the act even more? They know what they're doing to reach the audience they aim for and have been very successful. They are provoking society, a society built on religion as being of high power and the only way to live. The band Slayer is actually what leads us right into our murder story. This is the case of the murder of Elise Poller. So Elise Poller was a 15-year-old teen who attended Arroyo Grande High School in Arroyo Grande, California. She was a good student, very sociable. She got along with many different people, kind of reminds me of myself. She wanted to know everyone. She wanted to be friends with everybody. Now, Elise spent time singing in her church choir. She would play sports and was a big part of her theater group, too, because she dreamed of one day becoming an actress. So that kind of tells us a little of who Elise was. But still, Elise was a teenager, and so she was a little rebellious. She did drink and smoke marijuana, but, I mean, most people do that, right? It, it doesn't make you a bad person. But it was becoming a problem, even at one point causing her to get suspended from school for underage drinking. Her parents became concerned about the substance abuse, and so they sent her to get some help at a treatment facility. Oddly enough, what should have been helpful in her life was the beginning of the end of her life. And by that I mean, it is in this treatment facility where Elise meets Jacob Delashman. So Jacob was a fellow student at her high school, but due to issues not mentioned, he was kicked out of school, expelled. It is Jacob who then introduces her to his friends, Joseph Fiorella and Royce Casey. Now Joseph was also a student at Elise's school, but he also had been expelled. Royce was just a buddy of theirs. Now all three boys came from broken homes or bad upbringings. Jacob, out of the three, came from a very religious family, but had a nasty drug addiction to hard drugs. One friend even claimed that he was into crack and meth. The three guys were known for using drugs, being troubled and social outcasts. And although Jacob was troubled, he was still a very creative person and very talented. So they're kicked out of school, they're druggies, troublemakers, so what do they do with their free time? Well, they start a band, of course. <laughs> so they start a band, and they call themselves Hatred. They were inspired by their favorite band, Slayer. 
So the boys eventually become interested in the occult and devil worship. And Joseph had the most knowledge on the subject. He had started collecting books on the occult and he would relay that information to Jacob and Royce. So the three boys claimed that the lyrics from their favorite band and the satanic scriptures they had been reading were what eventually helped them form this idea. So the idea that these boys come up with is in order to get their band more famous, they would do a satanic ritual. At this point in time, their band was pretty well known in the area, but they wanted to be huge. So they decide that they're going to sacrifice a virgin to Satan in order to help them become better musicians. It sounds insane, right? But the reality here, people, is that people really do this. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Making a deal with the devil is not just a clever saying for shits and giggles. Like, people really attempt this. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and to be honest, when I was, well, maybe like third, it had to be 14, it was high school. So 14, 15, 16, I had a friend and we would go to a store called Barnes and Nobles and it was just like all books. No, not Barnes and Nobles. It was called Walden Books. That's what it was called. And it was this huge bookstore. We loved going there. And we would go look at the, it wasn't occult books, but it was like witchcraft. And of course, we would like look in there, look for little love spells, and then we would do them. Did we believe in it? No, we just wanted to see if it worked. And believe me, it never worked. But so when you're a teenager, you know, yeah, you're trying to find yourself. You're, tr you're trying to, well, if you're a rebellious teenager, you're trying to do exactly what your parents told you not to do, right? Like, did I ever tell my mom I was looking up some witchcraft spells? Hell no, she would have kicked me out the house, probably. Remember, she's a Catholic woman. <laughs> so yeah, so it's not, it's not crazy to me that they're looking into the occult stuff but what is crazy to me is the fact that they're just gonna outright be like let's kill somebody let's perform a ritual i'm not for animal abuse i am so against it but like why not like sacrifice like a cat or something why like i don't understand why they went straight for the human i don't know if they were just trying to go big or go home you know i it's wild i just <laughs> But anyway, so these three geniuses, they're just going to go big. So now they have to find a virgin worth sacrificing. So for months, they plan this all out. Now, eventually, they think of their friend, Elise. None of them actually knew if she was a virgin, but they assumed that she was. So the boys stated that they chose her because she had blonde hair and blue eyes. And she had like this angelic look or what society depicts angels to look like, right? It's crap, but we're talking what, early 90s here? It's 1995. So on July 22nd, 1995, Jacob calls and invites Elise to come hang out. So the plan was he and his friends were going to a eucalyptus grove to smoke. Elise didn't hesitate to say no, 
because she knew these guys. She had hung out with them before. She'd seen them before. So later that night, she sneaks out and she joins them. So they all smoke. They're relaxed. They're talking. This is where I'm going to get into the incident. So if you're squeamish or don't have a strong stomach, <laughs> go ahead and forward maybe like 10 minutes. So yeah, so they're all relaxed, they're just hanging out, talking, you know, doing what friends do on a evening in a eucalyptus grove, you know? <laughs> so without hesitation, Jacob strikes her, and then he removes his belt and wraps it around her neck. Now Royce held her down by the arms, and the boys claimed that Elise was putting up a really big fight. Joseph then pulls out a hunting knife and stabs her in the neck. They took turns stabbing her, which autopsy later showed she had 12 stab wounds on her body. Now the boys claimed that throughout the stabbing, Elise cried for her mom as well as prayed that her suffering would end. Also according to the autopsy, it is proven that Elise died a slow and painful death because the 12 stab wounds she had were not in places that would kill someone immediately. So she literally bled to death, poor girl. After her body went limp, the boys then took turns sexually assaulting her body. Now I can handle murder. I can handle seeing dead bodies. I can handle a lot. But it is very hard for me to talk about necrophilia. Ugh. Like, my stomach just turns thinking about it. So, yeah. They leave her body there in the eucalyptus grove. And the next morning, Elise is reported missing. But months and months begin to pass by. In those months, two of the boys gloat to some of their friends. They can't keep quiet. They're excited about what they did. Even telling about the necrophilic acts they did. And the two boys, I believe, were Joseph and Jacob. Now, they never mention who they did this to, but due to their social awkwardness, it goes right over the people's heads they're telling. So nobody says anything. Nobody even thinks about it. Nobody puts it together. It's also stated that during these months where Elise's body is just laying in a eucalyptus grove, that Jacob returned to the body more than once to sexually assault Elise's corpse again. What the fuck? That's so disgusting. So at first, Elise's family assumed she had run away, but when months had passed, they started to worry that she'd never come home. So in March of 1996, 17-year-old Royce Casey, he couldn't take it anymore. He had also grown fearful of his life because he had been encouraging Jacob and Joseph to go to the police and explain what happened. He felt really bad about it. He had become afraid that the boys would kill him. This is what he claims. But regardless, he goes to the police anyway. His mother takes him down. I guess he told his mother and his mother's like, no, we need to go. So they go down to the police station and he tells the police that he partook in Elisa's murder. He tells them everything what happened why it happened and where it happened so royce led police right to the nipoma mesa a eucalyptus grove 
only a quarter mile from where Elise's family home was. It is here they discover her partially mummified remains. The town, of course, is devastated at the news. Elise's family, heartbroken. But even worse, they still didn't know the evil details of Elise's murder. So the three boys were taken into custody and charged with several counts, including murder, conspiracy to commit murder, murder, <laughs> conspiracy to commit murder, conspiracy to commit rape, and kidnapping. Special enhancements for torture and rape were also alleged but could not be proven due to the decomposition that had occurred to the body. So all they had was Royce's retelling of the story, but no proof, so they couldn't charge them with that. Now the trial carried out for months, and eventually in February of 1997, the district attorney's office chief investigator testifies at a preliminary hearing and tells everyone what Royce Casey told him. From start to finish, everyone now knew the story and awful murder Elise endured. The courtroom was in silence and in shock after the testimony. He ended his testimony stating, in regards to what Royce said, quote, By making this perfect sacrifice to the devil, they would gain more craziness or nuts, as he said. That would make them play harder, play faster, and by making this perfect sacrifice to the devil, it might help them go professional, end quote. Everyone now knew the truth, and a month later, the boys are sentenced, each at their own hearing. So Joseph was sentenced to 26 years to life as part of an agreement. Prosecutors dismissed other charges such as rape in exchange for a guilty plea to first-degree murder. In the end, Joseph denies Royce's claims, but doesn't deny that he was the first to hurt Elise. He even said, quote, it was a stupid mistake, end quote. No shit. <laughs> I mean, you can't even call this a mistake. This was the worst thing you could possibly do. In September 1997, Royce Casey avoids being sentenced without parole. He pleaded no contest to first-degree murder and was sentenced 25 years to life two months later. He had to serve a minimum of 21 to parole, though. And he probably got that sentence because he was the one who came and pretty much turned himself in. In October of 1997, Jacob Deleshmut pled no contest to first-degree murder in a similar deal. He was sentenced 26 years to life. He has to at least serve 85% of his term before being paroled. Now, during the trial... Elise's family end up filing a lawsuit against the band Slayer, alleging their lyrics are what caused these teens to commit murder. So during the trial, it ended up coming out that the boys mention that due to some lyrics by their favorite band, they got the idea. So the parents were like, let's try to sue the band, which... <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Like, I get it. I, I understand. And then they're like mourning the loss of their daughter. But like, you can't blame 
you know, if somebody tells you go kill somebody, it's up to you whether you listen or not. It's not that person's fault, right? It's not that person's fault. It's in the end, it's your fault. You have a conscience, use it. So I don't agree with their lawsuit they filed against the band. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> so the lawsuit was asking for monetary damages and to stop the band from marketing violence towards juveniles. But because of the case, it wasn't until 2001 that a judge ruled that Slayer's lyrics did not incite violence. In a 14-page decision, the, du the judge states that although their lyrics are repulsive and profane... They don't direct the listener to commit the acts that were committed in the vicious torture and murder of Elise Paller. Now, the judge also writes that the music is not harmful to children and that Slayer is protected by the First Amendment. Since the end of the murder trial, Royce Casey tried to parole in July of 2016, but was denied parole for five years. In October 2018, Joseph Fiorella filed a habeas corpus petition challenging his continuous incarceration. He argues that his attorney at the time didn't take into account his mental fitness to stand trial. Now, I think because he did this, Jacob and Roy saw it as an opportunity. And here's why I say this. In July 2019, Royce Casey waives his next parole hearing and parole is denied for three years. In December, Jacob and Royce testify against Joseph's habeas corpus petition and say he understood exactly what he was doing during the murder and during the murder trial. Which I agree, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing. Now Joseph's submission is still under review at this very moment. So I do have an update for this case. And actually, this is the reason I chose this case. Because I saw a recent post about it and what has come about and what's going on. So in March of this year, 2021, Royce Casey is granted parole by two California Parole Board Commissioners. During his hearing, it is brought to their attention that Royce has a nearly 20-year record of model prisoner behavior and has completed many rehab programs in the prison system. He's also a mentor and earned his GED and is working towards a bachelor's degree in psychology and sociology. When asked what his plans are upon being released, he said he wants to be a substance abuse counselor in LA. Following that ruling, the state's legal team has 120 days to go over legal issues involved before the case goes to the governor. Now the governor can deny the claim. He can ignore it. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. But if he allows the claim to pass, this would mean that Royce Casey will be out on parole after 30 days. So this summer, he could be a free man. Now, Joseph Fiorella, he waived his parole hearing last year and is set for another hearing July 2022. And I believe he did that because he himself is now trying to make himself look good. So when he paroles next year, it'll benefit him. So this was in March. And this month, June of 2021, 
The San Luis Obispo County District Attorney, Dan Dow, wrote a letter to the governor opposing Royce's release, saying that Royce never actually explained why he went along with the murder. He also points at the fact that the parole board is basing their decision on Royce's prison image and not taking into account the brutal act he committed. He said at the 2021 hearing that there was no mention of the crime, even going as far to say that laws were not followed by the commissioners. So it seems the state is ready for battle to keep these guys locked up. What happened to Elise Paller is awful. She is a human being who was used in a satanic ritual for others to gain whatever it was they were trying to gain. Fame, popularity, the ability to play better. But in the end, they chose to do it. There were three of them, right? There were three guys. I understand that Royce felt awful about what happened, but he still did it. He was still there. He still witnessed it, and he still partook in it. I said it before, and I will say it again. It doesn't matter what you watch, listen to, read. In the end, you have a conscience. You know right from wrong. Even before inviting this poor girl out, they had the chance to say, I'm not going, I'm not going to do this, or go right to the police. And they didn't do that. Now, Elisa's father actually wrote to the Tribune stating that he's not opposed to Royce Casey's release. He thinks Casey is suitable and not a public safety risk. That's coming from the father of the girl that Royce Casey murdered, and that's saying a lot. Now, to be honest, I'm happy that Royce has succeeded in prison. He used his time wisely, and in the end, that's what prison is for, right? to reform and pay your debt. Do I think 21 years is enough of a sentence for what Royce partook in? No fucking way, not at all. Maybe 30, 35 years, maybe even 40. I mean, in the end, he was the one who went to the police. He confessed everything. At least that shows he's some kind of normal. The other two guys, I don't know. After the way they acted, after the murder, I, I mean, gossiping, talking about sexually assaulting a body. To me, that's not normal. I don't think they even have a chance of getting out ever. I hope they don't have a chance. But that's where things stand at the moment. I know they were young. They were in their, I think the youngest was 15 and then the oldest was 17. But like I said, a sentence of 20 years wasn't enough. I think 30, 35, maybe even 40. But look at Royce. Look at Royce Casey. He changed his life in prison. So yeah, he's been there for years, but he's using his time. He's bettering himself. He's ready to step out into society. And I do agree with Elise's father. I think he would be fine in society. I mean... It's always rough for prisoners to get out after so many years in prison, especially in this case where he was completely guilty. I don't feel bad for you. Like, you made that decision. Now you have to you have to live with that. But the other two guys, I, I don't know. And I couldn't find any information on their life in prison, like what they're up to, um, if they've obtained their GEDs, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Now this case, 
was pretty popular in the media because of the fact that the family sued Slayer, the band. It was a huge thing. It was huge. I remember hearing about it too. But um, that lawsuit was thrown out by the judge. Remember, like I said, he's right. They are protected by their First Amendment. Like the bands I mentioned. Um, well, honestly, ugh, I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> but Marilyn Manson, okay? Let's talk about Marilyn Manson, who is a freaking asshole. hate him because of the way he treats women. And yes, I know there's a lot he went through as a child, and I do feel bad for him. But you're an adult, again, you know right from wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a teenager, I loved Marilyn Manson. And I started thinking, why did I love these bands? Like, why did I love Marilyn Manson? Pretty much the type of metal I like to listen to was the one where you couldn't even understand them and it just was like a growling and I was like why was I so into it and I still like it I still listen to it <laughs> but I think it was mostly because I knew my mother would hate it I knew my parents would hate it I knew a lot of people would go you listen to that and it, and it was different right Marilyn Manson his videos his music videos are great I don't care what you say are, they're artistic, they're, they're not the norm, but just watch one of his music videos and it's, it's art. It's art. And that's all it is. That's it. He's not telling you to sacrifice an animal or whatever. And even if he does say it in the lyrics, you don't go do it. You don't do it. <laughs> I never, I never felt the need to be full of rage or hate, even listening to the darkest, scariest music. I never felt like that. Never. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting at. I don't know my point here, but I just, I just, <sighs> it's like people in society are so afraid. They're so afraid of things that are different. And I can get into a whole other topic, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. But yeah, so yeah, I remember this case. I remember hearing about the man being sued. Um, so I'm glad that that judge threw the lawsuit out. These were three boys with crappy backgrounds. Probably had nothing to do except cause trouble out in the streets. They got into music. They, they made a band. And look what happened. And it's sad. It's really sad. And I feel for the Paler family. I do. I really do. They messed up in the worst way anyone could mess up and they have to pay for it they have to pay for it but this case was pretty popular like i said so popular that the case actually helped to inspire a horror comedy believe it or not yeah there is a horror comedy about this starring megan fox and amanda siegfried so the movie's called jessica's body and i am not a fan of megan fox girl is gorgeous don't get me wrong i just there's something about her i don't like but this movie, I actually watched it the other day. It It's not that bad. Like, it's pretty good it, for a horror comedy. So the story is about a girl. Oh, spoiler if you want to watch it. Don't listen for the next five minutes. But it's an old movie. You probably saw it. <laughs> so in the movie, a girl falls for a band's lead singer. 
and the band sacrifices her so they can gain fame. But she comes back as this like evil being or demon. And like I said, it's not a bad movie. It's worth a watch if you are needing something to watch one night. Pretty much when they say movies are based off something, they take like the tiniest piece and the I mean, the movie is crazy, but has it's not very similar to the case other than these guys try to sacrifice this girl in a satanic ritual in order for their band to get famous. That's it. It's really funny. It actually ends up being like something like she's not a virgin, so I think that's why she comes back as like a demon and yeah. I don't know. I liked it. But anyway, so yeah, what happened was tragic in this case, but let's not blame artists and judge them on how they choose to express themselves. I like to listen to metal and rock like I told you, but I've never ever had the thought to hurt anyone or rage at anyone. The only thing metal music does to me is it gets me really hyped, makes me want to work out, makes me want to throw up the rock sign. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. But yeah, that is the story of Elise Paler. Paler. I hope I'm saying one of those correctly. <laughs> yeah, this case was crazy. It tugged at my heart because I love metal music, I love rock and roll, and I don't think, I don't think anything of it. I mean, it's just a performance. It's just an act. That's that's all they're doing. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share this with someone else who might enjoy it or just share it on your social media. You might have a friend that you can bond over creepy cheese <laughs> Don't forget you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook groups. Just search creepy cheese Make sure you put a space because it won't come up if you put it as one word. You can also email me if you have a story or a case that you want me to research and talk about always down for that also send me your ghost stories i would love to read your ghost stories and just let me know if you want me to read it um i love hearing people's ghost stories or haunting stories um and you can always email me those at creepy smith for you that's the number four y-o-u at gmail.com it is so hot you guys like i'm dripping sweat and it's like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> I've got my ice cold water though, that's helping. Drinks, oh, stay hydrated y'all. Drink so much water this summer. That's my goal, like just drink so much water. Remember to check out my Instagram. I always like to post pictures for the things that I'm talking about. Go like. And if you liked this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and like and comment and tell me what you liked about it. That would really help me out. Don't forget to tune in Friday for a Freaky Friday mini-sode. Trying my best to keep them under 10 minutes because there's... Otherwise, I should just make an episode, but <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's just I get so excited to tell you guys. I hope you enjoyed that last one about Haunted Chicago. There are so many stories about haunted places in Chicago. It's not even funny. I could have made it a full episode, but hopefully one day I will. But that was just kind of like a tiny glimpse of Chicago. Have a safe holiday weekend, everybody. Don't blow your hands off. Be safe with those fireworks. And remember, there are little dogs out there that are terrified, like my little baby. So don't blow them up all night. Like, give her a little break, okay? And don't forget, peace, love, and rock and roll! <laughs> Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto! Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!